Larissa, you can begin. Good evening. My name, my name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this evening's class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the heavenly father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. In this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place and court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. 
And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Pedro Dominguez. And our scripture lesson this evening will be Matthew's, the 28th chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Brandon Craig. Are you there, Pedro? Yeah, I think he's having trouble. I'm sorry, I, I, oh, there I, he goes. I, I didn't hear my name. I didn't. I didn't know, so just Can you give us our prayer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let us bow our hearts and minds, please, to give give uh, respect and do due diligence and do as aspect of nature that Yahweh um, um, Yahweh manifests in this class uh, as 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 he always has throughout throughout the eternity uh, uh, and we pray that we get enlightened and uh, come to a, a greater greater understanding of his of his of his being of his, of his teaching and uh, hopefully we give thanks we will say thank you for all for all he's done uh, in every aspect of our lives and in every in every uh, class we come Zoom class we come to uh, to be continuously praising Yahshua and never forget him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. I'll be reading. Matthew, the 28th chapter out of the Holy Name Bible, contained the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts and revised by the late A.P. Trina. Matthew, 28th chapter. After the Sabbath was passed, and as the day after the Sabbath began to dawn, came Miriam Magdalene and the other Miriam to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of Yahweh descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Yahshua, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where Yahshua lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Yahshua met them, saying, Peace be unto you. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Yahshua unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Stay ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. 
And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Yahshua had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, even while some doubted. And Yahshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That was Hallelujah. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Hallelujah. I'd like to say good evening to the class once again. And our scripture readers this evening will be Drs. Felicia Hamilton and Dr. Brendan Craig. And for our first speaker, we're happy to call on Dr. Paula Brown. Dr. Brown? Good evening to everyone. Good evening. It's definitely uh, a pleasure um, to have anything to say about this great gospel and um, to be utterly grateful that uh, he's given us another opportunity to learn of him as he really is and actually exists and have the desire within us to um, maintain the integrity of the gospel and to preach it in spirit and in truth. Um, could you go back to the scripture lesson? Um, I'm not going to be on the floor for long at all. Um, go back to, I guess, what um, they call the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. That's Matthew 28, and I'll start at 18. And Yahshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to give a, a very short testimony. Um, just thinking back at the time that um, when I was going to church and when I was baptized, uh, and when you have that experience in church, um, I guess it depends on the, the denomination, um, Baptist church, you know, you're dumped in a pool. Um, just depends how they do it, a pool, uh, the, the, the lake or whatever it may be. But um, usually it's, it's a pool right there at the podium, uh, uh, up on the stage behind the church can't really explain it but you know those who had that experience you know what I'm talking about so when you have that experience of oh that's probably twice I was baptized and when that that pastor says I baptize you in the name of the father the word and the holy spirit or the son and the holy spirit I had no knowledge I was totally ignorant of that whole experience because not one time did he mention the name. And not until Yahshua through Dr. Henry C. Kinley, 
that he gave that divine vision of revelation to in the year 1931, I would have not known that our creator even had a name because he set up these schools for us to learn about him as he really is and actually exists. And what we come to learn is that uh, the true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. And it is a minor investigation. It is more uh, known now than it has been in the past that his true name is Yahweh. Whether uh, one accepts it or not, um, it is what it is. We, we go on facts around here. Uh, not This is not um, our opinions or uh, interpolation, interpretation. Our, <laughs> it's not ours. It's Yahweh. Um, this is Yahweh's story. This is about Yahshua, the Messiah, who is the Savior and how he accomplished um, everything that was written of him in the Bible. But going back to uh, what they call the Great Commission, um, that baptizing in the name of the Father, we have on the name chart, go ahead and get it, of who the Father is. Is it's Yahweh, it's not Lord or God or Jehovah. Um, that's erroneous. A minor investigation again, you look up the word Lord, um, it's a title as well as God, it's a title, um, it's not a name. And he says, baptizing in the name, he did not say baptized in water. But Yahweh, uh, you won't see it. You won't understand until Yahshua brings you out of that darkness and that ignorance. And that you're able to see it because those words are the same that that that, that was there. How old am I? Ooh, 40 years ago or so. The same words in the Bible didn't read any differently. But Yahshua has to give you the vision to see it and the revelation to understand that Lord is not a name. It is a title. It's a title of nobility. You know, we go over this all the time. That's why it's a school because we are learning. We are learning how to worship our heavenly father and spirit in the truth. So we baptize in the name. Every time we, we lecture about Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection, the ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, his purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation. We are immersing those who are hearing in the name of the Father, which is Yahweh. And the Son is Elohim, it's the word or Son. That is, that is Yahweh's divine title. And Yahshua in the Holy Spirit, that is the name of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible for his name to be Jesus or Jehovah because the letter J is only but approximately four or 500 years old. I mean, it's impossible for his name to be Jesus. Impossible for the name of Jehovah. It is not the modern day rendition of Yahshua. That is not true. His name does not change. Yahweh does not change. Our names do not change. Same thing with our Heavenly Father. So with this great teaching, 
you know, and listening to it, we are continually being immersed in the Father, the Word, of the Holy Spirit. Even when we're preaching about the pattern that we have right here on this name chart, the tabernacle pattern is the most holy place, holy place in the court roundabout. It represents Yahweh being the most holy place, Elohim the holy place, and Yahshua being the court roundabout, which is one. Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, these three are one. This is Yahweh, Yahweh meaning he who exists, Elohim, the almighty, and Yahshua, Shua means savior or deliverer. Yahweh is the almighty savior. This is his declaration of who he is. But, you know, with Yahshua's grace and mercy, he brings us out of that darkness to receive this great truth. And then we have also um, next to the tabernacle, we have the three uh, structures that Yahweh commissioned uh, man to build. It was only three. And that was Noah's Ark, the tabernacle, and the temple. You know, each structure had three compartments. The Ark had a lower, a middle, and an upper deck. The tabernacle, what I just went over, it's the most holy place, holy place, of course, around about one tabernacle. That was one Ark. And the temple, that Solomon's temple, it had a porch, sanctuary, and an oracle, you know. Each, each one, each one of those, three different compartments, but one vessel. And then we have over here, um, when we are um, preaching this gospel, we have to go to the law and the prophets because they testify to Yahshua the Messiah. And he is the fulfillment of everything that was written of him. So that's what we have next. Uh, next, And then we have over here to the far right, we have the atom. Uh, excuse me, matter. Matter is in three different states, gas, liquid, and solid. The gas is like unto Yahweh because he is pure spirit. You know, he's indiscernible. We can't scrutinize. We can't see him. We can't hold it. It's gas, it's invisible. And then Yahweh taking on shape and form is likened to the liquid, which is Elohim, you know, only seen in divine vision and revelation. And then we have Yahshua coming down in pure spirit. I mean, excuse me. Sorry, guys, I think our. Uh... Host, I think our computer went down. Give me a second. You can go ahead, Paula. Okay. Uh, give me a second. I'll get the charts up. Okay. Uh, so matter comes in three states of, the, of existence. So then we have the atom. We have the proton, neutron, and electron. That's one atom. And then we have the cell. It's the nucleus. Uh, a nu no. The nucleolus the nucleus in the cell body, and that's one cell, representing the Father, Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Um, go ahead and get me 1 John 5, 7 through 8. 1 John 5 and 7. 
Mm-hmm. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Okay, just stop right there. Um, just to stay on the name chart, and believe me, I'm going to yield the floor. We have here uh, pure spirit, Yahweh's spirit. He is the substance. He's the essence. You know, we have, um, you don't have to get them. Uh, John 4, 24, Yahweh's spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 5 and 37, get that one for me, please. And I do know Deuteronomy uh, 6 and 4 says, Yahweh, our Elohim is Yahweh a unity. He's one, not a trinity, like we were told in the world. He is one. He came down from his high lofty state out of pure spirit into shape and form, only seen in divine visions and revelations. That's who the word was that was speaking to the prophets back in the uh, testimony, the prophets. And then Yahshua manifested in the flesh. So go ahead and get John 5 and 37. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. I know I had First uh, John 5 and John, 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. John 5 and 37. Mm-hmm. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, we can't scrutinize him. We just cannot fathom who Yahweh truly is until he comes down into a shape and form and show us that he is Elohim. He is the archetype original pattern of the universe. And he gave us a pattern that we could use to identify who he truly is. And that pattern again is threefold. It has the most holy place, holy place in the court round about. Everything in the universe operates according to that pattern. You know, we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have morning, noon, and night. You know, we have the past, present, and the future. Everything goes according to that tabernacle pattern. Um, Yahshua being formed in this physical form, Yahweh manifested in the flesh. And you can get over um, 1 Timothy 3 and 16. It's 1 Timothy 3. And 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of holiness. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. I'm sorry. Did did you hear me, Dr. Brown? Uh, am I? We can, you... we can hear you, Felicia. Okay. Did, was, did you hear me reading or was I on mute? We heard you reading. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, it is a great mystery. And, 
he again he is revealing himself to his sons to his children and that is something to be also grateful for that's something to be totally thankful for so go back to first john five seven and eight i mean yeah it's that seven and eight and just keep reading to the end and i'm going to um, yield, yield the floor after that first john five and seven for there are three that bear record in heaven the father the word and the holy spirit and these three are one and there are three that bear witness in earth the spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree in one mm -hmm. keep going if we receive the witness of men the witness of yahweh is greater for this is the witness of yahweh which he hath testified of his son mm -hmm. he that believeth on the son of yahweh hath the witness in himself he that believeth not Yahweh hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that Yahweh gave of his son. Mm -hmm. And this is the record, that Yahweh hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Right. Take over. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son of Yahweh hath not life. Mm -hmm. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of Yahweh, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. and, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Mm -hmm. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall be give, I'm sorry, he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Yeah. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of Yahweh sinneth not, but he that is begotten of Yahweh keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of Yahweh, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Mm -hmm. And we know that the Son of Yahweh is come, hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, mm -hmm. and we are in him that is true, even in his son Yahshua the Messiah. This is the true L and eternal life. Mm -hmm. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Right. Thank you for that. This is eternal life that he's given us. You know, we believe in the Son. We believe in Yahshua, who is the Holy Spirit, because Yahshua has opened up our understanding, knowing that he is Yahweh. He is salvation, not physically so, but spiritually so in our own heart and mind that we can know of the mystery that has been opened up to his sons. And that's just something to be grateful for. So we know what we're being baptized in. 
We are being baptized in the Father, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, the Messiah. And these three are one, you know, because he gave us those witnesses in the earth. He said the witness was the spirit, the water, and the blood. And we have this pattern that can prove all things because each one of these beautiful biblical depictions of the Bible, you can see the blood, water, spirit principles, the death, burial, and resurrection principle. How do we know that that's the one? Because Yahshua fulfilled everything that was written of him. You know, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, which that lamb that Yahweh told Moses to tell the children of Israel to take out, you know, to take the blood of the lamb, to strike it on the two side posts of lentil, and that was a basin of blood. But points pointed to Yahshua, the true. Lamb of Yahweh with the crown of thorns in his head, the two nails, his hand, excuse me, being nailed in his foot, those four points of blood. You know, we have that witness. We have the witness going back into the Old Testament, which testifies of Yahshua. You know, over there, First Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter, don't have to get it. It says uh, um, about how our fathers were all baptized unto Moses in the sea. You know, we're being baptized unto Yahshua, you know, and that sea representing that water principle. And when Yahshua was hanging on that cross, that, that soldier pierced him on the side, and out came blood and water, testifying to Yahshua. They followed that cloud. You know, the children of Israel followed that cloud into the wilderness of Sinai, representing spirit. And we know that Yahshua gave up the spirit when he said, this is finished. But that same spirit was given unto the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And then seven years later, unto the Gentiles. So we have something for surety that we know that we're not going on no one's interpretations. We're not going on no man's interpretation because Yahweh proves himself by the witnesses that he has created and have in this total universe. But that is um, about all I have to say about this great gospel. I'm tired today. Just wanted to uh, chime in to get the strength um, that we need daily. Um, the comfort that we need daily. And that's only through the preaching of this gospel and believing in Yahshua. And anything that we ask for, we have to ask according to his purpose. And his purpose is salvation, you know, and he will give it to us, you know. We have to believe in Yahshua through it all. Again, um, thank you for the opportunity. All praises, honor, and glory goes to Yahshua, the Messiah. And just thank you for another opportunity to um, be a part of this great kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Dr. Brown. And for our second speaker this evening, we're happy to call on Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I'd like to say good evening to the class. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, just one second, let me switch. Like I said, I'd like to say good evening to the class. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, I enjoyed the words of the previous speaker and I am indeed happy and glad to have anything to say about our Heavenly Father Yahweh and our brother and savior Yahshua the Messiah. <clears throat> Um, I did not plan on being called on tonight, um, but it is always an honor and a pleasure to have anything to say. Um, if someone can go over for me, um, I'm not going to be up long, uh, but if someone can go over for me and get Matthew's, I believe, 20th chapter, that was the scripture lesson. And um, Want to start at one before you get before you grab that for me? Grab um, John fourteen and one, King James version, please. John Using fourteen name. and one. Mm -hmm. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. I'm sorry, Brandon. If you can uh, just King James version, but with the true names, please. Okay, you betcha. Yeah. Let not your heart be troubled. Mm -hmm. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Now, in your red, uh, excuse me, in your King James Version of the Bible, this would be written in red letters, correct? That's correct. And that would be indication that it's the Messiah whom the world calls Jesus Christ speaking, correct? That's correct. Right. So he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. This is prior to his crucifixion. And he's talking to, at this point in time, his disciples. And it says, let not your heart be troubled. Read on. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. It says you believe in Yahweh or in your King James version of the Bible. It says you believe in God, believe also in me. You see, now this is what they many times, oftentimes wanted to stone the Messiah about is that he maketh himself to be as of God. That was what they accused him. They called it blasphemy is that he made himself to be as of God or Yahweh, which is the true name of the Heavenly Father. And before I go on with that, that is without debate. That's minor investigation. The time that we take to investigate what house we're going to live in, what car we're going to drive, who the person is that we might be interested in. The same thing is for our creator. It's a minor investigation. Just like you, if you create anything, you're not going to create something and not let your creation know who you are, okay? So if we are that way, if we have respect on our name, if uh, we care about our name, where do you think we get that from? And it says that we are made in the likeness and the image of Yahweh in many ways, okay? Now he is saying here in the 14th chapter of John, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Read on. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, 
Mm -hmm. I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, this again. is the Messiah. This is not the concept of what is out in the world. That Jesus came in the world. He had to come down. God sent his little boy Jesus into the world to save us. And then we just crucified him. The whole purpose of Yahweh is if you can go back to the um, Moses chart for me. Mm -mm. It's in pure spirit. <clears throat> without shape and form, Yahweh had to take on shape and form or like a coming down or a crucifixion for his creation to know about him. In that pure spirit state, he is abstract. You cannot detect spirit with your five senses. You can't smell it, see it, touch it, hear it, or taste it. So because we were limited, and that's the way that Yahweh made us, he had to come down, break himself down, which seen in visions and revelations as Yahweh Elohim. This is what your Bible is talking about when it says the word came unto me saying. It's not talking about that physical Bible flapping, but the word of Yahweh. And some of your scriptures you see, the word or the vision that Isaiah saw or Jeremiah saw, the word that they saw, what did they see? So since I just mentioned that, hold where we're at, get over there at Exodus 24, 9 and 10. This is what they saw back here. This is after Yahweh brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by a mighty hand. He told them to clean up and meet at that mount. Be there after three days. And he was going to rain down a law to those people. Yahweh being the true husbandman or the only potentate, married the children of Israel there at that mount. And they said that all that Yahweh said, we will do. And be obedient. So read over there in Exodus 24 what they saw. That's Exodus 24 9. Mm -hmm. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now it and says, then went up Aaron, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Is this what you see depicted here on your chart? And the 70 elders of Israel. And it says, and they saw. So they saw something back here. This whole thing about a vision, that's how your creator has always worked. It's in a vision and a revelation. He has to give you the sight to see. And the revelation is the understanding because it's some that has seen but has not understood. So they saw, they saw the Elohim or in your King James version of the Bible, it says they saw the God of Israel. Read on. 10 first. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And there was under his feet as it were a pave work of a sapphire stone. Mm -hmm. and as it were the body of heaven and his clearness. Now he has feet. He has a body. Read on. As it were the body of heaven and his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. And he had some hands. So he got a feet, a body, and hands. They see, look, they're seeing an image of a man, but this is a vision. 
They saw the God of Israel. Read on. Also, they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. Mm -hmm. Read on. And Yahweh said unto Moses, come up to me and to the mount and be there. And this, will... is back, this is just what I was sorry about that, Felicia, what I was talking about. He married them back at this mount. This is at the time where he rained down the commandments, the laws, thou should not do this. One of the first things he said is don't have any other God before me. And we know the story of the children of Israel back here while Moses was up there in that cloud and Yahweh was showing him a vision. They built that golden calf because they knew not what happened to, to, to Moses. We know the story, but there was a marriage that took place back here at that mount with the children of Israel. And the first command that Yahweh gave them, they broke. But they saw God back here. They looked at God. So when your Bible is saying the word came unto them saying, they're not talking about that physical Bible. That physical Bible wasn't back there to come unto someone flapping. But what they're talking about is the word. If you can go back to the uh, name chart for me. Yahweh is the name of the heavenly father. Y-A-H-W-E-H. -E Yah is the masculine portion. Way is the physical, feminine portion. If you can circle and, and under that tetragrammaton, the Adam and um, Eve and male and female for me. Yep. Yah being the masculine portion. Y-A-H. And, the, and between that Y-A-H, the only vowel in there is that A. Adam, androgen, way. The only vowel between that W and that H is that E, Eve, estrogen, Yahweh, the mother and the father of us all. When he said, let us make man, he's not talking to a goddess. He's right within him. The us is in him. He has the capability to have life formed right without of him. He doesn't need a goddess. He is all in all. He's potentate. In principle, he is masculine and feminine right within himself, or he has the ability to create right within himself. So everything in this creation has to manifest that male and that female. So Yahweh is the father. That's the true name of the heavenly father, which has been improperly used Lord in the world. Elohim is the divine title that Yahweh chose for himself. So like the title almighty, comforter, provider, before Yahweh gave his name, they referred to him as El Shaddai, almighty provider. It's a title, it's a caption, it's a description. So Elohim is his, his divine title. And it's his divine title because it's the title that Yahweh chose for himself. And the name of the Holy Spirit is Yahshua. And Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. Because that's what Yahweh came in to do is say, not God sitting up in heaven and sending his little boy down there. But Yahweh in heaven, taking on shape and form, being manifested to men, the patriarchs and the prophets through visions and revelations, and then later stepping into his creation himself in a physical body, 
as Yahshua the Messiah. Now that's why the scripture can say in John 1 and 1, the word, which was the visions, is now made flesh. Because that same word stepped into a physical body. Lauren McKenzie Lewis, why are we set up that way? There's not three different people. I can be a mother, I can be a daughter, I can be a sister. It's not three different people. And each one of those positions, I play a different role. When I come to my parents, I come to them as a daughter. When I come to my mate, I come to them as a mate. When I come to my child, I come to her as a mother. And I'm not confused about what role I play. We are that way because our creator is that way. So if you can jump back over, and I'll be down about five more minutes, jump back over to John 14, where he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. I'm sorry, that's John 14, and let me see. Uh... I think you could probably just pick up, um, you know what, don't start at one. Um, if you can start at two for me. Okay, sure. John 14 and two. In my father's house are many mansions. Mm -hmm. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, this is Yahshua, who we have just already explained to you, the world ignorantly called Jesus Christ. And it's ignorant because there is no letter J in the Hebrew, Greek, or Latin languages to this day. Why does that matter? Because one, your creator came through the Hebrew lineage. Two, your scriptures were all, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you guys? Brain fart. Your scriptures were written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, I believe, or Hebrew, Greek. That's another. To this day, 2021. So if there's no J, it's impossible for his name to be Jesus. It's not hard. It's a minor investigation. The letter J didn't come into our English language until some 1,400 years after the Messiah's death. It was the last letter added to the English alphabet was inserted in the 10th place, but it's the last letter added. It was the Johnny come lately. We say that so many times throughout the years in this gospel. The true name of the heavenly father is Joshua. If I could just take a second and go back to this name. Like I mentioned, this isn't three different entities. This is a unity. Yahweh said he is a unity. Do you know Trinity is not in your Bible, in your scriptures? You may see something in the footnotes in the reference, but the Messiah, Yahweh, has always said that he is only one, that he is a unity and with one name. So that name, Yahweh, comes from the verb to be. Literally, you can Google this. That title, Elohim, means almighty. And that name, Yahshua, is Yahweh is salvation. So this name, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, means he, he will to be the almighty savior. See how beautiful that is? Yes. Right there within the name, he's telling you what it is he's come to do. 
-hmm. not leaving up to your imagination of what I think God is or what you think God is, but our creator has a way to show you how he really is. He's a pattern. And if he's the pattern and everything's made after him, everything's going to resemble that pattern. He's threefold. Everything is threefold. Your day consists of morning, noon, and night, one day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You travel by land, air, and sea. It's the past, the present, the future. Look at your trees and the wise in it. Look at your hands and the wise in it. You breathe the name Yahweh. You cannot deny that. You do not breathe Lord. You do not breathe God. You do not breathe Jesus Christ. He has put your name, his name in the man. That is why he says in Romans 1, 19 and 20 that they are without excuse. Who's they? At one point in time, they were referenced the children of Israel. Let's convert it now to anyone that Yahweh has given the breath of life to because his breath of life is in you. You breathe his name. Let everything that has breath praise him. That's Psalms 115.7. What we thought that was talking about this. Hallelujah. You literally breathe the name Yahweh. So over here in John 14, this is the Messiah who we know is Yahweh, none other than Yahweh in a physical body coming to do the mission of the Savior. Because like, remember what I said, as a daughter, to my parents a certain way. As a mother, I come to my daughter as a certain way. Now he's in the position of savior. So he's doing a certain role. So he's saying to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, the one is the father. The one you talk about Moses and the prophets, that Yahweh, you believe also in me. Read on. Mm-hmm. Third, I'm sorry, I'll go ahead and start at the second verse. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. The world got him still waiting to come back. They waiting for him to come back. They still waiting. And while you reading the scripture, other scripture reader, go over there and hold for me where it says every spirit that confesses that Yahshua the Messiah is come. They talking about they still waiting. Yahshua wasn't mistaken about what he was coming to do. Yahweh had a purpose. It's like a good author. They wrote the story. They know what happened in the beginning. They tied up in the middle and the end. That's where Yahweh is, the author and the finisher. This is his story. So now he's in the flesh as the savior. He told them what he had to do. He knew he was coming in to die. Listen, he knew he was coming in to die because there's no way for us to be saved unless he shed his blood for us. We had fallen all the way back there when Adam sinned. And the wages of sin were death. So Yahweh had to come in through Yahshua Messiah and pick man up where he fell at, in his conscience, right here. The mental, the spiritual is where he died. So now he's coming in, 
because he knows he has to die for us. He's a true husband. We're the bride. He says, I must go away and prepare a place. And if I go, I will come again and receive you in two years myself. That where I am, where was he? This is the Messiah speaking at this time. So he was the Holy Spirit in a physical body. That where I am, there you may be also. What does he mean? Holy Spirit and these physical bodies. Read on. Uh -huh. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Mm -hmm. Read on. Thomas said unto him, Master, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Yahshua saith unto him, I am the way. Yahshua's the way, not ways. So many people talking about this is my way, my truth. I'm living in my truth. Yes. There used right. to be a time when the truth was just the truth. Right. Why is there a my truth? That's like a my version. See, but Yahshua says, I am the way, singular. Read on. I am the way, the truth, and I am the, the truth, not the truths. Not many. There's only one truth. I am the truth. Read on. And the life. And I'm the life mm -hmm. or light mm -hmm. or understanding. Read on. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now that's why you got to know what his name is. That's right. No man is going unto the Father. If you sit out here thinking you call him Lord God or whatever, you're not getting to him. If the, but through the Holy Spirit, whose name is Yahshua. So if you got the wrong name, you ain't getting to the Father. Just like you can't come to my house asking for Sherry or Becky or Susan. That's right. Lauren lives here. And you're not getting in unless you got that name. And unless I know you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Read on. Seventh verse. And if ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Mm -hmm. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And this is what Yahshua's done the whole time, trying to tell them about father and I are one. You talking about show us the father. You seen me, you seen the father. He's been telling them this whole time. Not this separate three entities of the unity. He just show us God right here. Read on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ninth verse, I'm sorry, eighth verse. Philip said unto him, Master, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Yahshua mm -hmm. said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet, yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Mm -hmm. And how says thou then, Show us the Father? Right. Believeth thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth the works. Right. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, mm -hmm. or else believe me for the very works sake. And that's what he did. He came into this ministry, moving at the speed of light, his three and a half years, fulfilling everything that was written in the law of Moses, 
all the way, but that land that they talk back about in Egypt came up out of there, land of Egypt, but they had to take out that Passover lamb. If you can switch real quick to me to, for me to the Elohim uh, or elementary chart and zoom in on that. Um... Yep, thank you. Them taking out that Paschal lamb. You see, now if you go over to the baptism and ministry plates, you see right there at the crucifixion when Yahshua on the cross, it says the lamb of Yahweh. That was the scripture they had in John when John saw Yahshua after being baptized and that dove, the sin upon his head. That's what was foretold what would happen with the one that had the Holy Spirit that was prophesied. So that lamb back there in Egypt that they had to take out before they came up out of the land of Egypt and was delivered that lamb had to be a male of the first year without spot, without blemish, couldn't have no fault. Now you got Yahshua the Messiah coming in and talk about he's the lamb of Yahweh. So everything that was written in the scripture that we thought was just cute Bible stories is literally talking about Yahshua the Messiah. Every last one. And he came in and fulfilled everything that was written in the scripture. So if you can go over and get for me uh, Matthew's uh, 28 and 16, I'll end with that. Matthew 28 and 16. Mm -hmm. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Yahshua had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Yahshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now this is the same Yahshua was just reading over here, says, I go to prepare a place. Now he's saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in her. Yahweh, in Yahweh the one with all power? See, given unto him in heaven and earth. Read on. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and mm. of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, out there in the world, that's what they do. They baptize someone, and that's what they say. Baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sprinkling water. But that's not what Yahshua said back here. Do you know baptism means to be inundated in, covered in, surrounded by? doesn't just mean water. See, he says, go ye therefore and teach baptizing them in the name, immersing them, right. inundating them in the surrounding them in the name right. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Read on. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Mm -hmm. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Say, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. So that concept that Jesus, God, has gone away and we wait for him to come back. Read that last scripture. What does he say about that? Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Go over and grab for me the other scripture that says that every spirit that confesses the Yahshua and the Messiah 
That's first if, John four yeah. and four and one. Beloved, be not believe not every spirit, but try it says believe not every person. Does that say person, Brandon? No, it says spirit. It says believe not every spirit. That's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with people. I'm talking about in 2021. We're dealing with the spirit that's in the man. You wonder why people are the way they are? There's attributes to the spirit. It said, beloved, believe not every spirit, but what? But try the spirit, whether try they the are spirit. of Yahweh. Test the spirit. Try it. See what it's about. It says, try the spirit, test the spirit, whether it is of Yahweh. Read on. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. That's why you try the spirit. Because many false prophets are out in this world. Read on. Hereby know ye the spirit of Yahweh. It's a cheat sheet. Remember Cliff Notes? This is our Cliff Notes. He's literally telling you, hereby know you the spirit. Read on. Every spirit that confesseth that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is of Yahweh. Every spirit that confessed that Yahshua the Messiah is come, not is coming, is come is perfect present tense. Current. He's is come in the flesh. Now you're of Yahweh. Read on. And every spirit that confesseth not that Yahshua the Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yahweh. If you're still waiting for him to come back, what is that the spirit of? Read on. And this is that spirit of anti-Messiah, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Right. I said that's the spirit of the anti-Messiah. It has come and it's already in the world. These things that we know, we didn't know. I didn't read up on it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough. Yahshua had to give an understanding just like he did with those patriots and prophets. He had to give a vision and it's not foreign or uncommon. That's how Yahweh has always operated in visions and in revelations. And that's what he did is gave a vision and told man how he really is at. Don't we do that? I had a child. She knows who her mother is. She knows how I am, why I told her. She's my creation. Yahweh is still in the saving business and he's still teaching us. We have to be willing to hear Yahweh. It is not our thoughts, as it says in Isaiah 55 and 8. Yahweh said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are from the earth, it's his thoughts from our thoughts and his ways from our ways. Why? Because he's spiritual and we're physical. We have to be enlightened to a spiritual understanding. And that's what this teaching does. That's what these schools do. That is why I come here three times a week via Zoom. Yes, ma'am. Yahshua the Messiah is the only hope of glory. You looking for peace, you ain't getting it without Yahshua. You looking for love, you're not getting it without Yahshua. So I'm thankful that Yahweh saw fit 
to have me come down here again and learn about him as he really is and actually exists. I love you all. Hope you all are safe. And I'll yield the floor. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for our next speaker, I'm happy to call on from our Muskegon, Michigan branch, the Dean, Dr. James Dye. Dr. Dye? Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, good evening. I want to thank the previous speakers for their testimony. They were basic, fundamental, and the things that, are, that we've learned in this school. Now, we often say this is a school, not a church. You know, there are so many things that we say in this school that you just don't comprehend or understand, not talking about the students in the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research. But we come to this school, I heard back in the day, they used to tell me that you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. So we don't know anything about the truth. So maybe we ought to pick up a couple of things here. Uh, let's go, you had the 28th chapter. I'm going to want that, but I'm going to have the first chapter of Matthew. I think I want to go down to about the 18th verse, and then I want to go back to the 28th chapter. Because sometimes I say what the founder has done you know, he's talked about the vision from Genesis to Revelation or from beginning to the end. And sometimes I simply say, well, when you go through this thing that the founder in his vision and revelation has made a very good summary of what's in the Bible and how to go through this Bible and how this Bible is broken down. Seeing we're taught that in the school. I never had any reason to know any of that, but when I came to this school and they began to read things out the Bible, you understand, they would talk about beginning with Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they kind of went back to the third chapter. And they were reading uh, the third chapter of Exodus. But I want you to go to Matthew first. Get Matthews 1 and 18. Mm -hmm. That's Matthew 1 and 18. Mm -hmm. Now the birth of Yahshua the Messiah was on this wise. Now Who maybe I'll read one and we'll get back to 18. Okay, we'll do that. Matthew mm -hmm. 1 and 1. The book mm -hmm. of the generation of Yahshua the Messiah, the son of David, mm -hmm. the son of Abraham. Abraham. Now, we're mm -hmm. talking about the book of the generations of who? Yahshua the Messiah. So now, when Matthew's beginning, you know, talking about this book of the generation. Well, go ahead and read on. Mm -hmm. Second verse, Abraham begot Isaac. And Isaac now, wait a minute. Now, what he said, he went all the way back to the man Abram or Abraham. And yeah. he said he begot Isaac. Mm -hmm. And Isaac begot but, uh, Jacob. That's not the be. Is that the beginning of the generations? When we talk about the physical generation, no. you know what I'm saying? Because he'll go in there and they'll talk about how many generations it is. Maybe you ought to jump down there and find out how many. I don't know. It's three or four verses. I could open my book and find it, but we got readers, so. Yeah, just read the next verse and then jump down there where he says uh, 14 generations, 14 generations, and 14 mm -hmm. generations, and mm -hmm. so forth and so on. <laughs> Second verse, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judas and his brethren. 
Now, if we talk about the man Abraham and when he comes in on the scene, you know, maybe we'll take a quick look. Maybe you ought to grab for ages and dispensation chart. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at this chart, we're talking about the, in the post-Diluvian age, you have what we say, you got this chart is divided into two portions. You have the creation of God within Yahweh or eternity. Now, that's across the top. And then as you go through that, you have the first, in the, over there from the beginning, you have the first age. It's called the creative age. You have to go up and look at them. You have the second age, right? It's called anti-Diluvian age, right? You're going across from the left to the right. You have the third age, which is the post-Diluvian age. You have the fourth age, which is the present kingdom age. You see, and that's where we're in. Well, that was the third age. Fourth age, you can see it. It says present kingdom age, right? That's the age that we're in right now. And then you have the fifth age, see, which is the kingdom age. And then you have, yes, that's the fourth age. Then you have the fifth age, which is called the kingdom age. It's also called the Sabbath. You understand? And then you have the ages to come. It says six and seven. So those are the ages. And there are seven of them. And there are seven steps in your tabernacle pattern. You understand? Then we're going to move down to the dispensations. You understand? Now, so you have ages across the top and dispensations across the middle. So we have the first dispensation. We call that. You're going to do that thing with the red circle? <laughs> Dr. Lewis, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Yeah, the Edemic dispensation. And then, and that's in the, as we would say, the antediluvian age. Then you have the Noatic, right? Number two is the Noatic, right? And then you move over to number three. Melchizedek priesthood, Abrahamic promise. You understand? Now, I want you to hold that and go back and read what you're reading mm -hmm. about the generation. Mm -hmm. I'll jump down to the 16th verse. And Jacob mm -hmm. begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Yahshua. Now, I want you to go back and talk about Abraham. Okay. You're going to reread that. that. Yes, it might sir. be repetitious and, and monotonous, okay. but <laughs> try okay. to help me out. Okay, <laughs> Matthew 1 and 1. The book of the generation of Yahshua the Messiah, the son mm -hmm. of David, the son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham. Wait a minute, she said a couple other things in mm -hmm. there. See, he said the son of Yahshua was being the son of David, the mm -hmm. son of Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, if you look up, if you go to the, we're looking in the post diluvian age, and we're looking at number five. Noetic covenant, human covenant, Melchizedek, Abrahamic promise, right? Uh, physical kingdom of Israel, law, cardinal ordinances. And number five, under the post-Diluvian age, you have to come down. You can see them numbered one through. Yes, because she mentioned something about David. You understand? And then they went back. Come on down to where it says Melchizedek priesthood, Abrahamic promise. Yes, right there. But go ahead and read on because mm -hmm. he went from David. He talking about Yahshua being the son of a descendant of David 
also okay. talking about Abraham. So you mm -hmm. run in this genealogy, but he said we shouldn't get hung up on all those genealogies. But go ahead. But just mm -hmm. because she's reading that, but go ahead. Second verse. Read on. Abraham begot Isaac. Abraham and begot Isaac. Isaac. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Isaac begot Jacob. Yeah, Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel. Correct. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. And Jacob begot Judas and his brethren. Okay. And, so, Judas begat, and he got mm -hmm. the 12 sons of Israel. So we have yes, what right. we have under the Melchizedek priesthood, the Abrahamic promise. We're talking about a promise. So we're dealing with that gen those genealogies. It actually goes all the way back to the first man, which is Adam, who was made in the image and likeness of Yahweh Elohim. And you had that in your when when the previous speaker was talking about Moses' vision in the creation up there, as he mentioned something. But but uh go down there where it talks about the 14 generations if you have that. Okay, I think that's past where you want it. Uh, mm -hmm. that's 17. 17 verse. Thank you, Dr. Craig. 17, Matthew 1 and 17. Mm -hmm. So all the generations from Adam to David are 14 generations. Yes. And from David unto the carrying away unto Babylon are 14 generations. Now we got that on. Now he's laid that mm -hmm. out on chart too. Mm -hmm. We usually call that the Daniel's chart, the summation of that. You understand Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. They were carried away to Babylon. If you know what I'm saying, Babylon is the head on this proven existence and destruction of Satan's angels through the what? Through the dispensation and ages. So we're looking at a dispensation and ages chart, and then we're talking about proving the existence and destruction of Satan and his angel and his demons through the dispensation and ages. And we're talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon because there's more there. When we talk about that, there shall be, we talk about the pattern, they talk about the Father, Word, the Holy Spirit, these three are one. And then we'll find out that there's basically three Babylons that there's a Tower of Babel, you have uh, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, and on that head in the crown, it says Mystery Babylon. That's a type of another Babylon that we talk about. See, so what he's doing, we're always talking about this pattern, you understand? And he's laid this pattern out on every chart that he's drawn out, and there's a particular way that you're going to see that. Now, sitting out there in the world, you'll never know anything about this. You will never understand this as I would say, unless Yahweh sends somebody. You understand? We think that was back there when he would send all the prophets out and send the apostles out. You understand? And because they were the eyewitnesses. Now, you if you don't meet somebody that's learned something about this true gospel of the kingdom that we're teaching and they begin to have a conversation with you, if Yahweh don't send you there, you may, not, may think you're insignificant. But Nobody's going to know nothing about this, but those that Yahweh has revealed this thing to. You're talking about a secret society or salvation army. Well, that's what we're dealing with. But go ahead and read Matthew. Mm -hmm. So I'll start at 17 again. So all the generations okay. from Adam to Abraham, I'm sorry, excuse me, from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David no, to the generations. Mm-hmm. And from David mm -hmm. unto the carrying away unto Babylon are 14 generations. And from yeah. the carrying away unto Babylon unto Yahshua are 14 generations. Mm -hmm. Now the birth of Yahshua, now the birth of Yahshua the Messiah was on this wise. 
When now, this is concerning the birth of Yahshua the Messiah. Now, what we're talking about in the first chapter, this is what I want to bring out. It's a real simple point. In the first chapter, it's talking about his birth, but read on down to 21. Mm -hmm. And, excuse me, when, his, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Joseph, now, she's found mm -hmm. child of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You understand? Now, we talk about Joseph going to marry this woman, and she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. See? Go ahead. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing mm -hmm. to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while well, he what thought, is he talking about? Mm -hmm. You understand? What, what is he talking about put away privately? Mm -hmm. Give a divorce or something like that? Mm -hmm. Well, the principle was back there under the law that, that she should have been a virgin. You understand? Anybody messing around without being married in some form was considered a harlot. But mm -hmm. but he wasn't going to, because the law says, you know, it's got some things about marriage back there, talking about and divorce and things like that. Such should be stoned. You understand? Because mm -hmm. he didn't want that among the assembly or the congregation of Israel. But go ahead and read on. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get to. 21st. <laughs> For while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a dream, saying. Now, he's seen a vision. There's an angel coming from heaven. Keep in mind, there are other angels that come that are down here where we are, and they don't always tell you the truth. See? So an angel was sent from Yahweh, or sent from heaven. There's a vision. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Now, Joseph, you're son of David's too. Now, David is of the tribe of Judah. We could get into about the dividing of those kingdoms, but David is of the tribe of Judah. Joseph is of the tribe of Judah. There's a transcript that say Mary is of the tribe of Judah, right? And that's dealing with the Davidic covenant that he would lead somebody on the throne, you see, from a descendant's of David because David was a man after his own heart. But go ahead, read on. Mm -hmm. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Now that, go ahead and marry this woman. That's right. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now and the she, conception mm -hmm. is of the Holy Spirit. Read. And she shall bring forth a son and thou mm -hmm. shall call his name Yahshua. For he and shall you, save she's going to bring forth a son, mm -hmm. and y'all going to call his name Yahshua. Who told Joseph what to name the child? <laughs> well, we just read there was an angel sent from Yahweh. <laughs> so Yahweh, now in reality, Yahweh is telling Joseph what to name the child. That's right. You understand? She shall be bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name what? Yahshua. For he, shall, Why? for he shall save his people from their sins. For he shall save his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, read a little bit more. Now all this was done that it now might be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. For what reason? That it might be fulfilled. No. You didn't yes. read that right, did you? Yes, sir. I'm looking at promise fulfilled, but she shall bring forth a son and Mm -hmm. Yahshua called his name Yahshua. All this was done that what? That it might be fulfilled. 
No, he's instituting. No, sir. So I must be, re I am not reading the Bible, but so that's what we hear all over the world, right. that the Messiah is coming in to institute a Christian example. Mm. Now, I don't know, but that's what I'm told, but that's not what you're reading, that he was coming to institute. You're reading that he came to fulfill. Okay. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by Yahweh, by of Yahweh, excuse me, by the prophet, saying, a uh, prophet didn't always said a virgin is going to That's right. conceive and bear a son, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Talking about Yahshua, I think that's Isaiah 7 and 14, if somebody mm -hmm. just feel like reading it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you got, though? Mm -hmm. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a, a son. And she's mm -hmm. going to bring forth a son. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. shall call his name Emmanuel. No, oh. I thought you said his name was going to be Yahshua. Mm -hmm. Got two names, not like we do. Mm -hmm. Three, two, three names down there. <laughs> <laughs> See? So you got some things going on when you say that. That's right. Go ahead. It's going to tell you mm -hmm. why he's saying that. That's right. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being mm -hmm. interpreted is. Now you're going to interpret this name, which has a meaning. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yahweh is with us. Or Yahweh Elohim is, is with, with us. us. I'm sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Did you get 7 and 14 of Isaiah? Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, yes. Yahweh himself shall give you a sign. Now, Behold. Yahweh's going to give you a sign. Now, this is some, I don't know, they say about 700 years before. Go ahead. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And so there's a virgin name. that's going to conceive and bear a son. That's what we're reading about. And Matthew's writing about that. You understand? We're talking about the birth of Yahshua, the Messiah. Go ahead. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. That's good. So now that we're talking now, what I want to establish there in the first chapter of Matthew, we're talking about the birth of Yahshua of Messiah. But what you had read for scriptures was what chapter? The 28th chapter? Yes, sir. We want to get over there and talk about what's happened to the Messiah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what verse it is. You know, you was talking, we were talking about the, mm, I don't know, read 27 and 1, then maybe we'll pick up something. Matthew 27, or did you want 28? 28 and 1 is good. Okay. I'll let you know if you read it. Okay, 28 and 1. In the end mm -hmm. of the Sabbath, as it began to die. Nah, I want you to go to 27 and 1. All right. 27 we'll and 1. we'll go back to 28. Okay. Mm -hmm. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Yahshua to put him to death. Mm -hmm. well, what's going on? They finna do what? Put him to death. All, mm -hmm. When the morning was come, mm -hmm. all the chief priests mm -hmm. and the elders. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look back now, I want you to do something for me. And you mm -hmm. stay where you're at right now. I want you to go back to Elohim Archetype Original Pattern of the Universe chart. Mm -hmm. But we're just going to take a quick look at that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to pick up something. Saying when we talk about the 24th chapter, previous one of the previous speakers talk about Exodus 24, 9 and 10. Yes. Now what you see up there, well, we can read that. It says one and two and nine and ten. Maybe one of them 
speakers of readers should pick that up. Because we're looking back here because there's some relationship here. You understand? Something's going on that may not be quite what it should be. You mm -hmm. have that? Mm -hmm. Exodus 24 Exodus. and 9. Mm -hmm. One and two first, please. You said 24 and 1? 24 and 1 and 2. I'm looking at this chart. It says Vision of Elohim in corporeal form. Exodus 24 and 1 and 2. And 9 through, I guess that's like 18. We probably won't read all of that. but Yes, sir. Exodus because I'm looking at something. I'm saying when the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Joshua to put him to death. So I'm going back in. I'm looking for... I'm looking for the elders, and I'm looking for the chief priests. And we know who the chief priest was back there. You understand? Who's going to be the chief priest that's going to officiate in the tabernacle? We know that that was Aaron and his sons, Nadab and Abihu. So we're going to pick that up and read a little bit about that because we're picking something up. And there now back here, Joshua brought him out the line of Egypt. You understand? They weren't talking about putting him to death. He was a savior. But go ahead and read. Because, because okay. what, but read and we'll talk about, I'll talk a little bit more. Exodus 24 and 1. And he said unto Moses, come up unto Yahweh, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses, okay. and Moses alone shall come near Yahweh, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. So we're looking at something. We're looking at Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Now those are the, going to be basically the three priests. Aaron's going to be the high priest in the tabernacle. And Nadab and Abihu is going to be the low priest. And then you have those 70 elders of Israel. You understand? And then he said Moses alone. We have Moses with the table of stone there because, you know, these are still pictures. He can draw everything out the way he wanted to. Well, he did. At that time, we can do a whole lot of things, more things now. Go ahead and read on. Exodus 24 and 3. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the judges. Let's go to 9 and 10. And Moses came now. Now Moses went up into the mount. He's talking to Yahweh. See, in reality, he's talking to Elohim. That's transfigured before them. And go ahead, read on. 24 9 and 10. Then went up mm -hmm. Moses, and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now, they, over here, over on this side, see, this is the institution of something. Moses coming up in the mountain. They're on a plateau of the mountain, and they're going to worship Yahweh. But go ahead. I'll let you read 9 to 10, then maybe I'll come in. Go ahead. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And, and they saw the Elohim of Israel. Read. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. Mm -hmm. And upon the nobles and, of the children of Israel he laid not his hand. Mm -hmm. Also they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. Now, they say they saw him in a vision. They describe Elohim, generally speaking, a general description. We say he had hands, he had body, and he had feet. You see what I'm saying? 
Now, then, then we pick up one of the previous speak. Then we pick up down there on the sixth day. We're not going to go get that. But he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So what I what I was said that Yahweh Elohim in the superincorporeal form looked like that man created on the sixth day. And previous speaker, that man had to be spirit. And you got the other one over down there on the sixth day, soul and body. And he was one man. That's the unity of the spirit. Now, when we look at the other side of that, yes, that's on the sixth day. On the other side, we have, well, we have Yahshua on the other side. We got Yahshua back there instituting the law with Moses and the children of Israel. And then on the other side, on Mount, as we say, at the mountain, transfiguration, you might want to put a circle around that, right there where you see Yahshua and John the Baptist. No transfiguration. It's on the other side on the right side where you have that woman. Yes, yes. During the time of Yahshua's three and a half year ministry right there, you have Peter, James, and John. And under that, you have what is called 70 chosen. You understand? And they also saw a vision of Elohim. As we say, that's up there where Moses has a panoramic vision. You might want to move up there with your red circle on the left side, well, you have that panoramic vision of Elohim given to Moses, 1490 BBY, next to the tabernacle, because we're making up, I'm going to make a point with this. So go up there at the top by the tabernacle, put your circle up there if you could for me. Yes, where you have Yahweh, you have the book, you have Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua written on that in, that super incorporeal body, you have that tabernacle, but we call that, it says panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses, 1490 BBY. But on the other side, at this transfiguration and this vision given to Peter's James and John, what you have on your chart, you have that Yahshua. If you see what I'm saying, if you're looking at this chart, and you have those 70 chosen. Well, why are we calling this one over here in 1490 BBY Elohim? But over here, when he transfigures, we calling him Yahshua. Right. You get the point? Now, that's the point. Because they were talking about the name. You see, Elohim is Yahshua the Messiah. See, when we look at the way these charts are designed, you understand that's all I'm look I'm just looking at something I'm just making an observation looking at your charts because the he's took great time and great detail to draw out these charts you understand so over on one side this is we have on the mountain with Mo next to Moses we have Joshua and Moses over here we have Peter that was like Aaron Nadab and the Bible over here we have Peter James and John on the mountain, on the plateau, and they're going to have like a mission too, you see. And he's saying that's Yahshua. Also, he indicates that you got a series of arrows over here at the transfiguration. You understand? And you have a couple scriptures down there too. You see, on one side, you have transfiguration. You have Tabor. You see, it says holy place on that. That's the wilderness of Sinai. And on the other side, you have, that's a transfiguration. And you have an ascension. See, 
that's typical. Now he goes through that. That's now same principle. If you move the chart up a little bit, you know, down there where you have the people in the land of Egypt, you know, compared to Joshua, Messiah, because he's doing some other things that you're going to pick up on your, as we would say, your chart on a pattern of plan of salvation, but move it all the way up because we're talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Yahshua, the Messiah. We talk about his crucifixion. We talk about his burial. It says, Yahshua Friday, 1,000. We talk about his burial on Joseph's new tomb. That should be 2,000. And then we talk about his third day resurrection, 300 part of the day. And then you come on up that side where you see an arrow or something pointed to that. You over, over here where on the tomb, there's a dotted line that points up to Yahshua and it runs into the ascension where his grave, where he rolls back the stone. If you go up where it says like Acts 1 and 9, you'll see that arrow that points to Yahshua. You have a transfiguration and you have an ascension how he was seen in a vision when Yahshua comes in to fulfill. Now, that's just simply from some things that we're reading in the Bible. And back, back in the day, I, shouldn't, I don't know if I should say it that way. There was a time when we had state conventions and regional conventions. And I used to go to some conventions. And there was a guy out of Detroit, Donnie Emery in particular. And, they, and, and he used to, he used to, when called a scripture, he just tell the readers, y'all know what I want. And they opened up the Bible and started reading and he started explaining. And I say, now how he do that? <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, but that's that relationship. We're going back to the uh, 27th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 27 and mm -hmm. uh, 1. Mm -hmm. When the morning was come, all the chief when priests. When the morning was come. Mm -hmm, all the chief priests and elders of the people. Now that's why we went back over there and looked at the chief, those priests, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders. All the chief priests and elders. Yeah, took counsel against Joshua to put him to death. Now they took counsel. Wait a minute. They're supposed to be on Joshua's side, but they mm -hmm. took counsel against Joshua. Mm -hmm. To put him to death. Mm -hmm. And when they had bound death. him, they led him away and delivered mm -hmm. him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Mm -hmm. Now he's yeah. going to be tried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then now Judas. Let's jump down probably about 35. Okay. 35th verse, and they crucified him and parted, oh, guilty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and parted his garments, casting mm -hmm. lots mm -hmm. that it might be fulfilled. That it might, now see, we got some fields in some other places. What is he fulfilling? <laughs> right. You, you get my point? Now we mm -hmm. use that word a whole lot and he consistently uses the word fulfilled and, and, but all the time we were out there in the Christian world, they were saying that the Messiah, or Jesus came to set up a Christian example, but Yahshua didn't. Right. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Now, when we go back to the land of Egypt, as we say on this chart, he's fulfilling that Passover. He has to die. He's telling, he's preaching, he's got to die. He's got to be buried. He's got to resurrect the third day according to the scriptures. Now, even when we get into the scriptures, because this truly is an amazing school, Yes. You understand? When I came to this school, there were some simple things that happened to me. I could read, 
But after staying in this school, I learned to read better. My comprehension got better. The things that they try to teach you out there in academia, everything begins to improve. Some folks say they didn't learn nothing. See? And, folk, and if you can't read, we got folks to read for you. Yes. And that helps people to, that helps people to learn to read. You get the point. So there are some natural things that you might pick up in this school. You understand? And then there's a breakdown of the Bible. Okay, let's go to the 28th chapter. So they crucified, they killed the Messiah. So that's a death, there's a burial, there's a resurrection, and there's ascension. And then you have the same thing after this crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Well, what's going to happen next? Turn on earth 40 days, 10 days later, he's going to pour all this spirit on the day of Pentecost. And you see that on this chart when we talk about, and he's got that listed. You know, he said, many of the sons that slept in the dust of earth arose and went into Jerusalem. You understand? And he and what we say, well, he poured out this Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to 120 in the upper room. So, and you see that woman right there. See, clothed in the sun. Now that's fulfillment of something. That's fulfillment of the second part of the sixth day. That man, Adam, he called their name Adam. And in addition, he had that woman in him. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So now we're going back to the 28th chapter. So we went to the first chapter. We pick up the birth of the Messiah was this way. We were in the 27th chapter, and we talk about the death of the Messiah. Is that the last chapter, Matthew? Yes, it is. Now, what we find out, maybe you ought to put, pick up the ages and dispensation chart again. Because that says something. And the, the, the founder laid this thing out in such a way that you can see this. You know, when you begin to understand, and I don't completely understand everything, you know, how he put these charts together. You see, you said the, uh, uh, we're looking at the dispensation. We're looking at the fourth dispensation called the Old Testament or covenant. You understand? And it tells us what that Old Testament covenant is under the Mosaic law. It's got a scripture there. Exodus, the Old Testament covenant is not the whole book as we've been taught. It says, it tells you exactly where that is. It says Old Testament covenant, Exodus 24, 3 through 8. That's good. You might want to remove that red circle because what we're talking about the Messiah being crucified. Now you got his death, burial, and resurrection, and you see a cross there. You understand? One of the one of them said that was for an example. You see, and it also says in right there on that line, and next to that is Pentecost or coming into the spiritual kingdom on earth, spiritual assembly, body of Yahshua the Messiah. What we're looking at. So now, what I'm saying is now that now when we talk about Matthew, we talk the book about the book of Mark, we talk about the Matthew, what is it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Generally speaking, you know, John may start a little different. 
you know, it might talk about the beginning was the word, the word was with Yahweh, the word was Yahweh. All things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And then we go on down and say, well, you know that word that we were talking about in Moses' vision, which name was Yahshua the Messiah at the transfiguration, it said it was made flesh. That flesh was the body of Yahshua the Messiah, if you know what I'm saying. It talk about right down there, number three, that that word, Yahweh Elohim, was made flesh and dwell among us. You understand? So number three, now we might just jump a little bit to uh, somebody who's reading the 14th chapter of John. It was really good, though. But there are some things that I didn't know in there. And, uh, you know, reading these transcripts and reviewing these transcripts, and it's like, you're not going to get everything the first time. See, this is a school. Now, in school, sometimes you have assignments that you must do, that there are things that you should do in this school. See, but, you know, this is really good, great school. See, at one time, all we had to do was come in there, sit down in class, do the best we could to pay attention, because, you know, you had a speaker up there. He was, he was using the charts. He was reading the Bible. And all you really had to do was sit there and pay attention. See? You didn't have to read. It would be good for you to read along with them, but you didn't have to. And if there were very skilled ministers that I'm finding in the schools now, you know, you could learn this doctrine. See? So, so but in the so-called four Gospels, as they call them, that's what we were told. And we find out, well, you know, that it's not four Gospels. You see, because Paul, after he receives the Holy Spirit, and sees that vision, he talked about the one gospel. And we find that, from, that the Messiah was born under the law, Old Testament or covenant, subject to the law to redeem them that were under the law. And that meant Israel. See, that's what he, as we talk about that, that's what he came to do, to nail it to his cross and move it out the way. So it was so important when we talk about the fifth dispensation and the, yes, this cross where it says end, end of what? End of the age after the flood of the post-Diluvian age. Now he put that, now for some reason, the founder decided to put that cross right on that line to divide the ages. You have what he called the Old Testament is fulfilled and the New Testament is written where? In the heart, heart and mind. or in the mind. Mm -hmm. So there's a dividing between the old and the new in the New Testament. Like he's got a couple of scriptures down there we call all the time. Same principle, Jeremiah 31 and 31. So he took this, he took this was so important between the Old Testament and New Testament or the fourth and fifth dispensation. We're also in the sixth dispensation that he drew a whole chart on it. But you can see, you can have a pretty good idea where the line, where this chart fits in your dispensation and ages chart. So he's giving you clues on how this thing is tied together. Maybe I'll read Second Corinthians, the third chapter. Well, of course, it's on the chart under the New Testament or New Covenant. Second Corinthians 3, and it looks like it's 3 on there. 
It's three, you should start at one though. Start at one, okay. First Corinthians three and one. I'm sorry, second mm -hmm. Corinthians three and one. Mm -hmm. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or mm -hmm. read we as some other epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Now, we, even when we get into that, we talk about the epistles accommodations and letter accommodations. Do you have a, a, a chart series number two, what we call 40 plate chart? Yes, sir. Want you to go down there to, uh, yeah. I have to, uh, uh, after Pentecost, as we would say, what is it called? Resurrection reconfirmed. It's across the bottom plate. Maybe I'll look it up and tell you what plate it is. 35. You see it, Dr. Dye? It was with Peter in prison. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Here it is. 35. Oh, oh that's good. Mm -hmm. Okay, resurrection reconfirmed. Now I want you to zero in on the holy place. Plate number 35. If you can enlarge that on the holy place. Yes. Oh, can't get it any larger for me? Well, I can read it. So we're looking in the holy place of this place. You got the, we got the beginning and end in the most holy place. And we got the holy place down there. And we have Peter in the center. And down there, yes, we're going to look in the holy place, though. See? Now, what we talk about, now, even if we're looking at this, that you got it on beginning and ending, you got Yahweh Elohim on the throne. And you would have those two trumpets. Now, on the Day of Atonement, when the children of Israel, after he had went in there three times and said they sins had been forgiven for the year, which is a type, then the people would come out and blow the silver trumpets. Let them know that they sin had been forgiven. But what I'm looking at and I'm zeroing in on, here is AD, AD 43, you see, it says Mary or Mark in Jerusalem. And then over there, you have the council at Jerusalem. You understand? Now, you got Peter, the resurrection reconfirmed, and Peter coming out, out of the prison. He was, he was there between two soldiers. You understand? And they were going to kill him. They had killed James with the sword. So you got Peter down there between two soldiers. That's just like Yahshua between the two thieves that, or murderer that was behind him. And the angel come in and smokes him on the side. And frees him. He goes out through the gates. That's like the gate opening. And he comes to the door. And Mary comes to the door and say, Well, it's Peter's spirit out there. It's a ghost. And then they let him in. And Peter goes in there and began to preach. But when we're talking about, well, this was if the Messiah was crucified in AD 33, and this is 10 years later, you understand that Peter's released from prison. They call that the resurrection key. Reconfirm, and then in AD 52, you have this council at Jerusalem, if you see what I'm saying. Now, what we pick up, we pick up the 11th chapter of Acts of the Apostle. Maybe you want to pick that up. It may say something else down there. Yeah, but, or is it now, let's go to, I guess it's maybe the 15th chapter, somewhere around there. It's a council, it's the council at Jerusalem in AD 52. Now in AD 52, 
well, it's between the 11th and the chart 11th chapter. I see Acts 15 and 4. What does it say, Doc? And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received mm -hmm. of the assembly mm -hmm. and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that Yahweh had done with them. Mm -hmm. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Yes. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Now, that's the council here at Jerusalem, and they're coming together to consider this matter. Well, what are we going to do about the Gentiles? You know, back there, when we talk about the Gentile conversion plate, where the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit, that's the plate next that we're looking at that. It says Gentiles at Cornelius, the New Testament, baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, somebody mentions about baptism, and, and we usually do go run through that. We won't run through it, though. Back there in the days of creation, how that the earth was inundated in water and seed of vegetation resurrected the third day, just like the seed of Abraham coming out of the land of Egypt into the holy place. You understand? And then we say the whole earth was immersed, and then we get on down there to Adam. And when he takes that woman out from man, we talk about, we talk about, he didn't put him in the water. We talk about a spiritual immersion. You understand? The Holy Spirit is a spiritual immersion. It's not a physical immersion with water. It's through the preaching in the name of Yahshua, the Messiah, that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're talking about now, I was talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we're talking about this council in AD 52 and when these things were written. And what we now we're just saying that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about the birth of Yahshua, the Messiah, and it ended with pretty much with his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension because it said, go ye therefore teach all nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he ascended into the heavens. So I'm just saying that, that the Father drawing this vision out, you see, he's playing some of these things out, and he's telling us you know about the gospel of the kingdom so we're reading about the decision that was made with the holy spirit there at jerusalem and what these guys are going to do about the gentiles but go ahead and read on seventh verse and when there had been much disputing peter rose up and said unto them men now they're debating now we get into that in our some of our classes it's not a big it's, it's sometimes it's a big deal but we have to remember something it is a school Sometimes the things that we talk about, you understand, in this school, we can't help but disagree because we didn't know nothing about it in the first place. That's all we can do. Tell us that, hey, that ain't right. You wrong. You shouldn't be doing that because we didn't know nothing about nothing. Whatever we learned, we had to be taught by those that Yahshua has set up in this school to learn something about his purpose and plan of salvation. Dr. Kelly said he didn't know until it was revealed to him. Paul didn't know until it was revealed to him. He had a vision on his way to Damascus. We couldn't, we didn't know, and we couldn't figure it out. Wasn't no way for us to figure it out. That's why I say, well, you know, Yahweh got to send somebody, or he's got to put you, he got to put you there where somebody is talking about it for you to hear something about it. You understand? Now, like I say, if Charles Johnson hadn't came to Muskegon, 
you know, when I met him and his and Dr. Burton, I wouldn't know nothing about it either. I'd still be subject to trying to be a Christian. That wasn't working out too well. <laughs> but go ahead, let's read. Because um Peter I'm rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago Yahweh made choice among I us. I see it. Five minutes. That the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Now that the Gentiles, now this is Paul talking about the, oh, this is Peter talking about the Gentiles because he was sent, he was going to be the first one to go preach to the Gentiles. You understand? But go ahead. Now they also say, you know, you know, Peter was never in Rome, of course. Paul went to Rome, but go ahead. And Yahweh, All right, the book of Romans. Now he knows the hearts. Go ahead. Bear them witness, giving them the Holy Spirit, even as he did unto us. So you got and, that played about, you know, 80, 40, or 41, where the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit, gave them the Holy Spirit, and all Peter was doing was preaching to them. And the Holy Spirit fell on them, even as it fell on us. You understand? In the holy place. I don't know. I haven't seen any water in the holy place except with the children of Israel when he told them to wash up before they came to the mountain. But I didn't see that water either. <laughs> but go ahead, read on. Ninth verse, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts mm -hmm. by faith. Now, so you got to have some faith. Go ahead. Now, therefore, why tempt ye Yahweh? to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to hear, bear. So, you know back there in the land, in the wilderness of Sinai, that uh, they built the golden calf and broke the old covenant. And they couldn't keep those ordinances. So Yahshua had to come in and move them out the way, nail them to his cross, see? So he could put the Holy Spirit in the hearts and minds. I want to just go back to... Uh, yeah, just stay where you were before. Well, that'll show, show you the same thing. He fulfilled the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and he nailed that to the cross, and he poured out the Holy Spirit. He, he wrote the New Testament, New Covenant in the heart and mind. So, but the point I want to, I just want you to get to the part, say, let us write them letters. You reading in Acts? Yes. Let's see what they're going to do, what they're going to decide on. 11th verse. But we believe that through the grace of the Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, we shall be saved even as they. Mm -hmm. Then all the multitude Go kept ahead. silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders Yahweh had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And well, what I wonder was, this is my sentence, that we write them letters? And we'll send Paul and Barnabas, and they'll tell you the same thing by mouth. I'm looking. Well, if you don't see that, I want to just say one thing that I was reading. I picked it up in the transcript, and I want to say that because it was in John, the 14th chapter. We'll read that verse, and I'll stop. John 14 and 1. That's John 14 and 1. Mm -hmm. Let not your heart be troubled. You believed mm -hmm. in Yahweh, believe also in me. Mm -hmm. In my father's house are many mansions. Now, 
Now, and I read, I read that in the transcript. He said, in my father's house is many mansions. And you know what he said? He said that that body of Yahshua the Messiah was the father's house. You understand? Now, that's the way he put it. That was Yahweh Elohim incarnated in that physical body. That was Yahweh in that body that was the house of Yahweh. The many mansions, you, you remember that that woman was taken out the body of the man? And then when you see this woman clothed in the sun, that's where we're going to be. And in that house, there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. And then he said he's going to go on a way to prepare a place for you. He wasn't going, talking about going off to heaven and build you an apartment. You understand? He was going to, he had to sacrifice his life for sin atonement that you might be able to receive the new testament of the Holy Spirit in your heart and mind. And then he said he would come again and bring you unto himself. You understand? That makes us the assembly and body of Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 Thank you. And th this brings the end to this evening's class. Uh, before we dismiss, we do have one announcement. On behalf of the Southfield, Michigan class, we send our heartfelt condolences to Dr. Kari Brown on the death of his sister, Christine. For questions, please contact, contact Dr. Paula Brown. We would like to thank all of the speakers, visiting brethren, and all other participants for joining us this evening. We hope that everyone was edified and asked that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.